This week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, we we have a, a supersized episode this week because not only are we reviewing a record that came through one of our Tournament of Death polls, we also have a guest joining us who... And I'm going to ambush him now. So I don't know if you know this, but oh, I'm in Columbus, great. Ohio, just like you are. Yes. It's Jay is formerly of, of, from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Well, you screwed that up, but okay. Sorry. That's, you wow, moved down that's to wow. Texas. Three Fail. current or former Columbus <laughs> people. How often yes. does this happen in, in the podcast space? There's a lot of Ohio happening mm-hmm. here. This is exciting. Breaking records. So... <laughs> Rob is the host of the podcast, 60 songs that explain the nineties. I hope you have checked it out. If you're a fan of this podcast, you probably have checked it out because there are, are very few nineties oriented podcasts when it comes to music and especially the music that we talk about and Rob talks about, but also he has a book, which I'm holding up. This doesn't help for people listening to the podcast, but it is a book. <laughs> it has a I cover can confirm and everything that you're holding it. Yes. He it's, can confirm. It's very professional. And yeah. it has the title 60 Songs Explain the 90s, which is the same as the podcast. That's synergy right there. I love it. That's right. It's brands continue. I, continuation is the wrong word. It's brand yeah, synergy. 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 I'm very good at this, by the way. I have this to, brand stuff. I have yeah. to get a, a brainy question out of the way. Please. Why is it not 90 songs? See, now that would have made sense. Now, wouldn't it have? I think when we started this show, I was like, I don't know if this show is going to work. I've never done a podcast before. People might hate it. People might come to my house, throw stuff at me. Um, and I might get canceled after four episodes. And in that in that case, I don't want to be the poor guy with 90 in his title. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be embarrassing to me personally to have a show called 90 songs. I explain the 90s and get canceled after like three episodes. Right. So it's like, OK, let's compromise and do 60. Like 30 is too few. Let's do 60. 60 is still a lot of songs. If everyone had hated it and I'd have gotten canceled immediately, that would have still been embarrassing. But we just sort of arbitrarily seized on 60. And then when we decided to do more, when we decided to do 90, and then again, when we decided to do 120, like we thought about changing the name, but I think like the SEO, you know, URL Mm -hmm. type situation there gets like super chaotic. And so now it's just very funny to me that I have a podcast and now a book that has an inaccurate title, you know, a math was never really my thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that has held true deep into my career. And I'm very proud of that. Speaking actually. of deep into your career, you have been a lot of places. You've been at Spin, <laughs> yes. Voice, Deadspin, mm-hmm. and then the Columbus Connection, the other paper. The other paper. I met my wife at the other paper. It was my first job. I love the other paper so much. It was a, for, for people who are not fortunate enough to have lived in or currently live in Columbus. That was the alternative weekly, the alt weekly mm-hmm. in Columbus. I don't know when it started, maybe the 80s, maybe earlier, you know, but it was I, I joined it in 2000. I think it folded. Oh, man. 
maybe 2010 maybe earlier it was least, you know yeah the the alive the other one got bought the alive by the and, by the the daily by the dispatch you know yeah. and that finally folded it was like last year the alive hung on for a long time but i loved alt weeklies that was my first job at the other paper worked at an alt weekly in the bay area the east bay express i was at the village voice as you said for a while you know that's where i came up and like the difference then what made it an alt weekly is that you could swear the paper was free <laughs> and you could swear in it and that was very important to me when I was 19. That meant the world to me. You know, so do you remember what year you started? F bombs. 2000, man. Summer okay. of 2000, fall of 2000. So a year later, this is where the ambush comes in. Oh, great. A year later, oh, you God. wrote a review oh, no. about a band called the Stepford Five. Oh my God. I remember the Stepford Five. Are you guys in the Stepford Five? Are you members of the Stepford Five? Is that <laughs> yes. what's happening here? Of course oh my we are. God. That sorry. is phenomenal. Sorry. Don't we, be sorry. It was a good man. Was it? I, I that was a good I review. Don't remember what I said. Well, You're about to. Okay. Thank God. It's oh, only two God, sentences. Yeah. It's is this your worst nightmare? Is that you're gonna so you wrote somewhere. like a roundup of like several reviews. It's a two-word okay. review. Shit sandwich. Oh, it's, it yeah. says shit That's right. sandwich. Shit yes. sandwich. Couldn't they have rested on that day too? Yes. All right. What did I say? I. I this is very exciting you, for me. You want to hear? Okay. I'm thrilled. Go it ahead. Says, let's let's we're gonna do this. Let's do it. Okay. It says basically the five are roughed up pissed off hybrid of the Goo Goo Doll style guitar rock. But this time out, they're very much in their sonic element and committed to making the most of it. The art of self-defense is quite high art indeed. Wow. Rob, Look that, that has stayed with Word me play. for 22 years. High how art many, indeed. How many CDs did you sell? based on that rave it was like a pitchfork arcade fire situation it was you know where you become rock stars overnight that's yeah well that's it was I, definitely I'm not a jet situation for you <laughs> all weeklies did not have the technology to put a gif of a monkey peeing in its own mouth into a into a newspaper nope. in 2001 and, and honestly i'm saying this from the heart that meant so much to us oh, because God. We were outside. We were not from Columbus. I feel like Columbus is a very transient city. Like, I don't actually know yeah, a lot the of people. Oh, you do of it all, right? From, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, the, we were all just, we all just moved here two years earlier to start this band. Right. And we were, like, not particularly loved by some people. <laughs> so, to get a nice review in the newspaper. Yeah. Well, it might have had That's to do with awesome the fact to hear. It, we we played a show and I wore a T-shirt that said Commie Fest instead of Com Fest because oh. we were mad about not getting in. You didn't get in, yeah. The the was it Dan? I almost said Dan Deacon. Who is the Dan Dugan little brother? Dan Dugan. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you, it was you, that, were, so you were left it was out at his venue. Oh, good. There we go. Well, there you go. You, that's your punk <laughs> rock pissed off. Yeah. You know, attitude and your sonic element right there where did you move from where yeah where were you living prior uh we went to college at bowling green but i grew up in buffalo new york oh right my brother went to bowling green that's cool and jay's from uh the the bruce springsteen-esque uh <laughs> town lorraine of county lorraine county ohio which is went to closed BG factories and tumbleweeds yeah. and it's a little it's a mini youngstown 
Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, that's a great thing to want to be. Yeah, that is Springsteenian. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. I was an out of towner as well, right? Because I grew up mostly in the Cleveland area. I went to OU. I went, you know, to Southeast Ohio. But I, you know, I was new to Columbus myself, you know, and people were sassing me, you know, for not well knowing who Willie Phoenix was immediately and all that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. You know what I mean? Us too. Yeah. Yeah. I do miss sadly the smell of the stale urine in the summer down on campus whoa, whoa. there is it is there a very was like specific a very... aroma mm-hmm. and it's so clean now it's so corporate yeah that's right there's nobody's peeing on the barnes and noble nope yeah nope. that's it is it's really weird down there it's bizarre there's like an, if there's not an urban outfitters down there it feels like there is you know what i mean like it's just it's very very corporate campus partners uh gutted the whole thing and campus partners that's yeah right. that's so funny the 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 ruiners of of uh columbus culture oh, um, sure, that's right so we're gonna talk about now a record what, by what now yeah this is wow <laughs> <I know. laughs> Rob, we're going to third grade. do you remember yeah yeah this is like uh, Sean Evans on Hot Ones. We're going to go really deep that's, on some of these. That's right. Yes, that, was, that was the not the spiciest wing even of this conversation. And that's very frightening to me. No. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Justine Frischman is joining us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's out in North Dakota making art. She doesn't. She's not interested. Is that true? Yeah, she's, she's she gave North up music Dakota? and she's like an artist out in North Dakota or something. How... Did she get to North? How does she know where? Let me see what North Dakota is. Let me double check. Might not be. Uh, no, sorry, Colorado. She moved to Colorado. Okay. That to study makes it. marginally more sense. In 2005. I mean, this wasn't like when they had wow, legal weed. Okay. This is like you know, <laughs> earlier. She was <laughs> the legal weed came to her. Right. Yes. Um, okay. She went to Naropa University, which I've never heard of, to study art. Uh, hmm. I kind of gave away the, the the reveal there, but that's the winner of our October poll. Um, let me just okay. run down real quick. Some of these. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure in in doing the podcast and in picking the songs that you're going to pick and talk about. And not only that, you go deep in terms of not just talking about the song, but talking about all sorts of music related to that intersections, you know, I was listening to the most recent one talking about Portishead and and you get into obviously Massive Attack and and those sorts of things. But like th you get there's Public Enemy because Tricky covered uh, mm -hmm. Black Steel. So there's a lot of stuff people know. We're on the other end of that spectrum where I'm going to list a bunch of albums and you're going to be like, I have <laughs> never heard that before. That actually came out of the 90s. Are you kidding me? Like stuff like okay. the Charlatans. Like you, you know, I mean. So the charlatans got yeah. recommended, and and obviously Elastica, Archers of Loaf, Screaming Cheetah Ooh. Wheelies, Marilyn Manson, oh Nude my Swirl. God, the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies. Did you say Nude Squirrel? Swirl. Oh, nude Squirrel. No, but Nude Squirrel is a <laughs> is a good band name. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go register that URL real quick. You know, while you're running this down, that's. I, okay. I feel like that would be like a a slowcore band. From, uh, <laughs> that's right yeah uh we also had cathedral which is that's a metal band right jay yeah uh david mead 
a singer songwriter mm-hmm. and uh dub pain which um dub pain or sorry dub yeah. war not dub war their album is okay. pain dub war Oh, so that was okay. the that was yeah. the first round. The second round was Red Red Meat, The Velt, David Poe, not Poe, but David Poe, L7, mm-hmm. Mystery Machine, Starflyer 59, Spooner, Boingo, and Slut. Yes, there was a band called Slut. Of course there was. Is of there a more course. 90s name than that? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever run into this, but we noticed that there is a a long list of bands from the nineties that have terrible names to Google. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, they were not, not maximizing their SEO in like live in retrospect is a terrible live. band name. <laughs> <laughs> they turned out to have even bigger problems well, he, than that. Yes. But that is for sure. One of their problems. Yes. So I feel like the members of slut Bush. are probably regretting it right now. Yeah, you know, Bush, Bush yeah, didn't fine. really think that through necessarily. Nope. <laughs> that's why the three band, the three word band titles were good, like Our Lady Peace, Third Eye Seven Blind, Mary Three. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nobody's gonna, you're not gonna mess that up. You're not gonna accidentally right. end up on the Third Eye Blind cooking page or something. <laughs> so, of all those records, the final four. Where Red Red meets Jimmy Wine Majestic, Starflyers, Starflyer 59's The Fashion Focus, Archers of Loafs, White Trash Heroes, and Elastica's Elastica. Mm-hmm. And Elastica mm-hmm. won with 42% of the vote. Starflyer 59 was second with 29%, Archers of Loafs with 21%, and Red Red Meat with 8%. That was a. It's interesting. We've had these polls where we get really big bands or we get bands that people don't really know. And this was like a nice mixture of, I'd say, mid-level bands. Yeah. Sometimes Everything from Elastica to Slut. Yeah, there was exact. a band called Boingo. There well, was that a band was called Spooner and Boingo. Well, Boingo was Oingo Boingo, but they oh. they reduced the name, I guess, to make it cooler. <laughs> make it make it gritty. Make it gritty. That's the make it gritty. The make Oingo is really. That it made it sound so whimsical, but Boingo is a totally that's terrifying. Man. That's yeah, that's got that's... some serious edge to it. <laughs> you could have been joining us to review that album. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would have needed sure, to Rob, really brush you, up. Sure, on my we'd Boingo. love to have you, Rob. You just have to share your thoughts on Boingo. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Um when you get when are you gonna get to your Boingo episode? Oh, we're gonna that's... do it soon. That's right. They're on the long list. That's my standard line. You know, that's there, there's a Google Doc with Boingo in it somewhere. <laughs> it's it's laptop. in the it's in the thousands. It's not it's not that's the right. Top yeah, it's it's pretty far down. So some of the wow, some of the people mentioned uh, that Elastica. Darren Leach said, "Is dare I say the best Britpop album?" He said, "I had this on repeat in my car in Australia and got the bonus." tour edition with or with yeah bonus tracks the album still holds up today all killer no filler um and he said i met them when they were touring australia in 96 and they were super nice so that's nice to hear that is nice to hear that they were nice they don't look like they'd be nice I no i would be scared they look they them. look 
Yeah, they would just beat you up and move on. They would beat me up and move on in any event. What I really like about the visual here, and nobody else can see this, is that the backdrop makes it look like you are a member of Elastica, like you were exactly <laughs> blocking if I, whoever if is like the third this, person like... in line. Yeah, exactly. Let's there. That's it. It's uncanny. I no, this I, is the, the this is before they got signed, and this is the guy that got that's right. kicked out of the band. This is, this is Doug. You know, we just went to school with him and it just, you know, it didn't work out, but it's he was nice. I feel like there's a lot of jawline <laughs> happening in that band. A yeah. lot of very sharp jawlines. I was gonna say the gentleman that. over your left shoulder is freaking me out. Look at that, man. You could grate cheese with mm -hmm. that shit. That is impressive. I don't think that guy even plays anything. It's just like, can you just stand with us? And he's like, yeah, fine. That, just that's, stares that's what I would do. intently. A little history on Elastica. I don't know how familiar you are with Elastica. I didn't really know a ton of their history, but they have a connection to Suede in that Justine Frischman mm -hmm. and Justin Welsh were both in Suede before Suede was Suede, essentially. Oh, yes. that's that. And they left the band. I don't know if they got fired or if they just left whatever. I believe Justine Frischman was dating Brett Anderson during a portion of that. I'm sure that was a factor as well. Yes. And they um, formed the band, I guess you'd say 92. First single came out, Stutter, in 93. And it made it to um, Steve Lamack, who's one of the big DJs, like, you know, a John Peel type character over in the UK. And that's we don't have that here. We don't have those tastemakers in radio the way that they do in the UK with like Peel and Lamack and those things. So they could like, you know, play a single and all of a sudden it goes to number one. So they ended up doing that, getting, but getting the, that happens the big when your push. Whole country has, has one radio station. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we do forget about how small yeah. they are. It is over there. Annie Holland joined on bass. Donna Matthews joined on guitar. Uh, that was the lineup for the first single. Then they released Lineup and Connection as the next two singles. And that's when uh, Justine Frischman moved on from Brett Anderson to Damon Alburn. And that was the Britpop couple during the <laughs> Britpop wars, as we know them. Era, now. The wars. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm hoping the History Channel does like a Britpop war style show in the way that they'd cover like world war ii and the nazis no that i was gonna say i want degerio degerio types or however you pronounce that word with like sepia tones you know and they all have mm -hmm. beards you know it's it's an old guy <laughs> reading damon albarn's like melody maker interviews like yes that's like i want that as well, well i want everything reenacted with people that don't look like who they are <laughs> i'll do it yeah there you go I'll, I'll be i'll be in elastica for this purpose sure so the album came out March 95. It outsold Oasis is definitely maybe may, definitely maybe as the fastest selling debut in the UK. That's impressive. It was only def uh, <laughs> taken or only beaten by the Arctic Monkeys in 2006. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. And then that's when the <laughs> that's when the lawsuit started. Famously they were sued by Wire for um Three Girl mm. Rumba. I didn't realize they were also yeah. sued by the Stranglers for another song. Uh, Normal Heroes uh, sounded like mm. "Walking Waking Up. And then I guess Lineup got sued for Wires, I Am The Fly. So wow. 
They settled mm-hmm. all those out of court. The other thing about that is they practiced in the same place that the Stranglers practiced. Ooh. So they're literally listening <laughs> through the walls of the band playing. A lot of Yikes. plausible deniability out the window at that point. Yeah, That does make it difficult. That's a tough one. Um, and unlike, say, Suede or some of the other Britpop bands, they actually did well in the United States. They made it on the Billboard Hot right. 100, which I don't think Suede's ever charted in the U.S., Oh Oasis God, did, man. but only for because of Wonderwall pushing What's the Story Morning Glory up. I Blur probably mm-hmm. did for song two. Right, right. Or which we actually did that. Girls and Boys, but probably song two was yeah. by far their biggest one. Yeah. The stadium anthem to, that still exists today. That's right. And then this is when it starts playing all the festivals. They played Lollapalooza here. They They toured multiple times. They cited exhaustion. And everything got shut down. Annie Holland quits the band. And they bring in a session player to replace her. And they start working on new material and nothing's hitting. They re-record stuff. They did an EP um, in August 1999 that contained six songs. And then those got re-recorded for The Menace, which came out in 2000. So just a comparison, the debut sold 556,000 in the U.S. when it was released. In the U.K., 270,000. Worldwide, it sold a million records. The Mm -hmm. Menace sold 31,000 in the U.S. and didn't even make a dent in the U.K. Mm. So didn't make a dent in the U.K.? Nope. Jeez. They got nothing. They didn't didn't chart anything. Huh. So you can't take five years to follow up your record is the. Uh... <laughs> In conclusion. Yeah. Right. Unless you're, you're unless you're Frank um, Ocean right. or An- okay. Axl Rose. You cannot uh, wait that Where long. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, and neither I, could he for that matter. So, exactly. Yeah. One of the members went on to play in Lush. Oh, it was Welch. Justin Welch ended mm-hmm. up playing um, in the reunion shows. And that was in that band Poroshka with. um Mickey and uh one of the one of the people who became a pastor. Uh who was it? Uh oh what? Donna Matthews became a pastor. Wow. I mean, that's not that I mean, one of the guys from Blur is a cheesemaker. So I mean, those Brits are up to some weird stuff when they're not in rock. Yeah, bands. they they diversify their portfolios, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a everyone's got a fascinating hobby. A pastor. Man. A pastor must be like a Unitarian church or something. I was gonna say, you know, that's I. I was assuming it was gonna be Mister Cheekbones, but nope, I guess not. That's he's in Lodge. He's too busy. Okay, all right. <laughs> Yeesh. All right, we we've, we've talked around this for a while here. Let's just let's get into talking about the record. I'm not gonna throw it to you because I don't want to put you on the spot right away, Rob. So I'm gonna throw it to Jay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take the bullet. I'm gonna give you the bullet. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it over to you. Jay, what what works for you on this record? I think when the record is working, it's because of the vocal delivery and then the tension between that and the energy of the band. So I think there's some handful of songs here where they hit that she hits that magic spot where she's using this 
kind of confident, laid back, deeper tone. And she's delivering a vocal that sounds a little like Chrissy Hine to me, or maybe like hmm. Um, hmm. Debbie Harry. Like there's this new wave kind of approach vocally to it. But then there's this, you know, rock band underneath it. And there's this tension between the two. It almost sounds like because she's so delivering it so confidently that she's like making the band like, hold on. Like you guys <laughs> wait up for me. Like I have important shit to say, just, you know, calm down a little bit. Yeah. So there's, I think there's this cool tension between that. I'm a sucker for it. Like that cool, confident delivery. It's melodic, but it's a little spoken. And there's some harmonies mixed in here, I think to sweeten it a bit. Uh, and then I like that there's, it's around these songs that are very concise. I don't think there's majority of the songs here are under two minutes and 30 seconds, which is very efficient. Uh, so I, I like that it, it, to me, again, it harkens back to that kind of new wave aesthetic, like pop songwriting with, you know, some energy from the band, some synths mixed in or keyboards and samples. So there's some electronics going on to give it like a little bit of a different edge. The last thing I like is just sonically, there's a handful of songs here as well, where they really push the bass forward a lot. And even to the point where if you just listen to the guitars, the guitar tones are almost brittle or like really poor sounding. Like you wouldn't, like if you're a guitar player and you know you just singled out your guitar, you would think that tone sounds terrible. But the thing that works about it is that it then makes the guitar secondary. It lets the bass take over the mix. It lets the vocal stand out. And then, the, you know, I think a lot of these songs are not about guitar riffs. They're more about like sort of a vibe, a rhythm, a bass line, a vocal, and then the guitars can then interplay in there. And I think there's, that when they hit that mix right, I think that's a really smart choice for for what they're trying to do. It leaves a lot of space um, to to hear the sense, to hear the bass, which is actually really good on this record. Uh, it can get loud. You can you can layer up the guitars a little bit if you want to bring the intensity of the dynamic up a little bit. But in a lot of the verses, it's it's interesting how thin sometimes the guitars are to make room in the mix for the bass. I think that's just from a production standpoint. I think. It, a wise choice that's some of work what worked for me how about you tim what worked well obviously justine frischman's vocal i mean she's got a swagger and i like that there is an element of um her being aggressive uh with her lyrics in terms of like lineup and car song there's like her not too afraid to address sexuality in her lyrics which mm. is not something you think of in terms of post-punk which is kind of what they're doing here i mean this is obviously the connection to wire and and those early uh late 70s early 80s post-punk bands
but she's got a, a you know she's got this really condensed style of these are not long songs these are not story songs it's kind of almost cut and paste where there's like lyrics that don't quite make sense and i read that she said she didn't like writing obvious <laughs> lyrics she likes there to be a little bit of mystery to what she's writing so they're not always going to be like i am exactly writing about this you know there are there, some of some of it is that way some of it is isn't um i think you mentioned about the tightness of the songs that reminded me of like say guided by voices where bob pollard delivers mm. this huge vocal he's very you know he's freaking robert or you know roger daltrey but the the band underneath is like a tin can and a and a four track like it sounds <laughs> terrible underneath but he right. pushes yeah. it and he makes it happen and on the songs right. that are not the singles that are more of the deep tracks where like you mentioned the guitars sound pretty brittle she is able to push her vocal and make it big and make the overall song big um listening to it in headphones i don't think i'd ever listen to this record in headphones there's a mm. lot more little nuance happening on the record that i didn't pick up on just playing it through speakers or you know in the 90s listening to it on a cd boom box in my dorm room sort of thing where you put on the speakers and you go oh there's a little bit like of that extra keyboard that i'm not i didn't realize was there or there's a vocal i didn't realize was happening and it definitely seems like they they knew I mean, you put out singles before the record, like a song like Connection. Yes, it has that riff. I think that riff is kind of irrelevant, actually. Kind, You know, it sets hmm. up the rhythm, but you don't like if you had taken that and changed it up a little bit. When the song hits, when that boom comes in, mm -hmm. that's the real meat of the song. And sure. the chorus, obviously, you know hits really well same with car song same with lineup same with stutter i mean there's just song after song of just these like really infectious little hooks the harmonies help when they add them and i love the fact that there's no like there's no fat on these songs there's hardly any yeah. extra parts you know we've talked about there's so much so much fat in 90s songs because of cds because you could go right. 70 Ever. minutes 78 mm -hmm. minutes or whatever it was so mm -hmm. the fact that this is under 40 minutes is kind of a miracle because that's a vinyl record that's not a cd and to right. put that out in right. 1990 you know four or 95 i bet the record label was like well you, you that's not even half the cd don't you want to you know we're not getting our full manufacturing's worth. What's some hidden tracks? Yeah, let's. let's That's let's, right. Where's the hidden track? Um, so I love that they kept it concise and tight. And yeah, there's only three songs, three or four songs that go over three minutes. I mean, that's beautiful. I actually thought about it, and I'm, I'll throw it to you with this, Rob. Is this really Britpop? Like, this doesn't seem mm. in the same world as Blur or oasis or suede or Supergrass or or those bands this feels much uh edgier much more um rough where those those mm. bands sounded produced and glossy and you know right I mean, what did you like about this record what are your thoughts on it 
I really love this record, to be honest with you. I didn't own it when I was in high school. You know, I, I knew all the singles, of course, but I didn't come to the full record until sometime in the early 2000s. I want to say I reviewed The Menace for the other paper, and I loved it. I remember oh. like writing a rave review of The Menace, which apparently sold. Nobody bought the record as a result of my rave review. It was not a Stepford <laughs> Five situation where you, they became. I may. I, I, I really want. That's right. I, I I really hope that I reviewed the uh, the Menace and the Stepford Five record in the same day. Like that's a full <laughs> day's work for me in two thousand and one. Just my greatest day of music listening. <laughs> I I really love this record. When I finally got to the whole of it, I it doesn't even feel like it's thirty eight minutes. It feels like it takes like ten minutes tops. Like I just mm-hmm. love how fast it blows by you. You know, I love that all, all the songs, you know, are two and a half minutes or less. Like I, the Chrissy Hine comparison makes a great deal of sense to me, right? Like just that swagger, you know, and that, you know, it's that, that honorary English sort of sneer that she had. What I remember about the connection video, which I think for people in America, for people in Ohio, like that was, I think most people's first experience with this band right like the connection video just shows up mm-hmm. on mtv one day and you've got justine like doing the sneer like i'm not even gonna try and do it for you guys but like the billy idol she had like a perfect just sort of sneer it was just the coolest thing it was like who the hell is this like you could just tell that she could beat up like everyone in blur oasis you know and the charlatans whoever she could beat up every dude in in brit pop like simultaneously like this is this is clearly the toughest person in this entire scene. And I agree that it doesn't sound a great deal like Britpop, like maybe Supergrass sometimes, you know, but what I think part of why this record, you know, was so striking to people is that it cut through the pompousness of, you know, Oasis entering their helicopter era, you know, it (laughs) cut through Blur, like doing all kinds of kink style stuff. You know, it's like the song two is like Blur trying to sound like Elastica, right? Like that's, you know, let's do a two minute song, you know, that that's just an anthem, you know, that's just energy more than it is intellect, you know, and, and it worked for them. And I th- this record just blows by you so fast. I agree with like the 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 tinniness of it almost and it being bass forward. And like, I don't know if I've ever listened to it on headphones close and I wouldn't have guessed that there was a lot of nuance to the production. Like it sounds like it was recorded you know, in five minutes total somehow. It just like, it, it just, everything is happening so fast and it's over before you even realize it. And I think it's all the better for it. Yeah, I thought um, Blue sounds a, to me a lot like Supergrass. lineup sounded like blur so i could hear like here and there you know yeah. 
yeah a couple yeah. couple tunes was like oh, that sounds like like early blur or uh i heard a little even like all nighter sound a little bit like green day which i obviously not brit pop but like you can kind of hear some of the, yeah. these other bands popping through that were more contemporaries or uh modern yeah interesting i when i was listening through this trying to hear those oh that that's kind of sounds like that waking up that like arpeggio guitar mm-hmm. riff that he's playing had like a real american indie 80s vibe to me like if you dial yeah. down that fuzzy distortion that could be like the plimsolls or something the college uh, rock yeah. of it all yeah it's yes, very college absolutely. rocky uh which is cuz they don't really i mean a lot of these songs are built on like very simple two and three four note riffs or or two chord mm-hmm. riffs and that one is probably one of the more complex songs because of, yeah. of all the picking that's going on that's in true. it it's one of the but, more like guitar riff driven songs right and a lot of these are rhythm driven yeah. which yeah. is you know if you want to get people moving that's the way to go like i feel like you know well, this for her fun vocal club style song too, or club bands what do you say james sorry for her vocal style that that works as well like it gives her space and lets it stand out so she's not always competing or trying to figure out how do i sing around this guitar riff that's you know providing the melody it's like right. we'll get it out of the way I'll, I'll handle that yeah this is definitely a band that does not need like the overplaying second guitar player like <laughs> you just you just need a rhythm player and yeah. maybe a few leads uh the occasionally simplicity of it yeah yes yeah. jay is there anything that doesn't work for you on the album well, so there's a lot of craft here to get these songs this concise, right? Get in and out. The concepts are there. Um, Production-wise, it's mostly there. It's a little inconsistent at times. Um, the thing that it doesn't deliver for me is just I don't get a consistent chorus. I don't get a consistent like hook from the chorus. I think I get hmm. some compelling verses, and there's like, some ideas of courses I courses I like, but they're they're just not quite the level of like I think hook that I would want from a band that's writing two and a half minute songs. Like I really wanted to just hit you over the head with a melody that you just cannot get out of your head. And I found myself walking away from this record after many listens, struggling to remember many of the hooks. Um, they just were not taking hold for me. So I just would love you know, especially a lot of the, like I mentioned, a lot of the bands that they're, that I hear callbacks to you, whether intentional or not, like stutter sounds like an early go-go song or smile mm-hmm. sounds like Chrissy Hines singing with the knack. It's like, I'm getting all yeah. of these like references to the bands that just deliver courses that hit right. you over the head. And then when I listen they're to this record, I knack. walk away, I'm like, yeah, they're not yeah. quite there. So that's yeah. my biggest criticism. Anything that work for, for you, Tim? Hmm. It doesn't really, I, I really enjoyed the record. There's a couple of songs that I don't think stand up to the rest. I think Indian song could probably get dropped. Yeah. Yeah. 
just that feels sounds like, like uh, that sounds like a bunch of uh, college students that <laughs> are like, hey, we should make an Indian influence song. <laughs> we call it Indian song. Yeah, exactly. It, it <laughs> feels like that should have been a B side. There's not anything that's really terrible. There are tracks that don't stand up to the singles because the singles are like Connection and Car Song and and Lineup are so good. But I don't really have a lot of complaints with this record other than I know they did. I think I have the MP3s of the original CD. And I think they did a, a remaster re-release on vinyl a couple years oh. ago for Record Store hmm. Day. And um, I'm curious to hear what that sounds like, because I didn't stream this on the streamings, streaming sites. Just curious, did you guys stream it or did you listen to a recording of it, like a, a physical recording? Streamed. Streamed. Okay. Good old Spotify. How many tracks were on yours? 16. Ooh. Okay. So that's the 16. Yeah. That is the um, U.S. version see the animal Ooh. is not on the uk version and i must have had the uk huh. cd because that's what i ripped to my hard drive so i didn't actually hear that song this happens occasionally when we do this show jay and yeah, i don't talk yeah. ahead of time that's part of the deal <laughs> is we don't speak to each other about the records so we come into this not knowing what we're going to say and uh, yeah, sometimes I... we, we actually listen to the wrong <laughs> versions or different There's... versions of the same record it's close enough. It's your only one song off. Right, right. It, man. It's it's a fairly similar experience. It's it's more We've difficult. Done some where like... the sequence is different or yeah. many songs oh, are different. He's like, right, the ballad right, at track right, yeah. five is weird. I'm like, that's not a ballad. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, it is quaint. Is a bit of it's quaint that we were still doing US versus UK versions in 1995. You know, I, I I had figured that was mostly over with by that point, right? Or like Oasis records were not coming to us differently. No. I yeah, I, I that's bizarre. And and when what did I, they I don't see? see the point. What did they right, see in that right. song I, that they were like, we gotta put that on the US version? It'll really move units. <laughs> Is there anything that doesn't, I know you said you love this record, but is there anything that doesn't work for you? And in, in, now that you've had, you know, 20, 30 years to listen to it. Yeah, I I don't think it's a matter of individual songs. I think the entire thing with this record and your overall feeling about it is how you feel about the wire of it all. Like, it's just so brazen. Like it's it's bizarre, and I I do think it matters whether you're familiar with those songs before you hear mm -hmm. the Elastica ripoffs, which I very much was not, right? You know, like I had no I like I it was through reading like Rolling Stone or Spin or both that I read that you know these songs are very 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 similar to these other songs by much cooler bands I'm not familiar with. I I think that if if there's like a criticism of this record broadly, it's that it's the ripoff element of it is so brazen and so weird and so disconcerting that it like destabilizes you, you know, for the length of the record. But as far, again, you know, for something that blows by this fast, you know, and feels of a piece, you know, like I, you don't really have time to even register that you don't like a song before like two songs later is playing, right? Like you, you, it, this record moves faster 
than your ability to analyze it. I'm I'm thinking about the hooks thing, like I, like because stutter. I love the chorus of stutter, but when I think about it, like the, the there's no real melody to it. Like it's like do 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 do. You know, like this isn't this isn't a flowing melodic you know genius hook record by any by any stretch you know it's it's right. operating you know it's propulsion it's attitude you know it's just mm-hmm. it's bowling you over you know and there's a great deal of craft and a great deal of subtlety to it if you put on headphones and you really concentrate but it is just designed to just just run you over completely and i think it's successful at that and so i for me like the wire of it all is just sort of amusing to me now like it's just it's just very funny that a band in 1995 you know decided to make like pop songs and like break through in america to some degree just with like brazen ripoffs of like riffs from like one of the most beloved post-punk bands like that's that's just very funny to me i don't think that's a detriment necessarily and so i yeah i don't think this is the kind of record where I look at individual tracks and it's like, well, we could have done with that. Like, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Indian song. Like, you know, there, there's a drop off pretty clearly, you know, from the, the singles to the not singles. Right. Yeah. I think connection, I think, you know, it's a boring choice, but I think connection is far and away the best song in the record. I love car song mm-hmm. a lot though. Right. Like I love that. Ooh, like that's sort of a texture on that song that doesn't really reoccur anywhere else in the record and i that really struck me like both on the radio you know at the time and in the in the context of this record now and so yeah i i don't think there's anything that would point to you know as as a negative i think the negative is that it took them as you say you know five six years to follow it up you know they they did the stone roses thing and that worked out very poorly for them (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true about car song it does have great counter melodies that don't appear mm-hmm. on the other yeah, those are songs they're very yeah. unusual like when those when that those vocal lines come in it's like whoa okay that's a layer i didn't expect yeah yeah it, they are uh interesting in that lineup and obviously connection feature grunts i don't know what you would call them the the, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lineup has it as well. It's like this, uh, uh. Yeah, um, to be, yeah. And in connection, I would argue that that is the hook of connection. Like, if you're going to use a sample yes. of connection and feature it in a commercial or on a TV show, you're going to feature that grunt part, not the chorus. Get us the grunt. <laughs> and that's happened, right? There's no way this song hasn't been in a commercial right i'm trying to picture it i would think so yeah that's you know like that's a makeup commercial grunt right there yes (laughs) i would assume somebody driving driving a kia to that (laughs) there There might have been a kia soul commercial in the last five years that featured connection we the hamsters driving around yeah absolutely (laughs) okay Let's talk about our overall ratings on this record. Is it a worthy album, a better EP? And an EP, we we, you know, it's in like the six to seven song range. We're talking about a, a '90s EP or a decent single. I don't think we're going decent single, but Jay always surprises no, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. Jay, I, I, I'm gonna bump it up a bit. 
Um, I'm really, really struggling with somewhere between an EP and a worthy album. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead with a worth. I'm sorry, with a better EP, and I'm gonna condense it down to the songs that I thought sort of had the right energy for the way that she sings and the production was on point. So any connection, smile, blue, waking up two to one stutter, even though that like sounds like a demo. I don't know if that was the original version before the record, but it sounds different uh, and never hear, but I think stutter is just maybe the second strongest song on the record. Um, So that would be my EP. I think if I get it down to that, I sort of, get the band better i think the record is more cohesive for me and uh yeah it's it's probably only 20 minutes but that's okay (laughs) what about you tim where'd you land i'm at a worthy album i would drop three tracks gives us an even or a nice dozen probably takes us to about 30 minutes um but i would drop indian song uh vaseline as as they say in the uk vaseline not vaseline (laughs) I think the other one was All Nighter. Those were just the weaker. I think those were the weak tracks in comparison to the rest of the record. But I, it goes, like you said, Rob, it goes by so fast. It's like you're you're listening to it and all of a sudden you're on song five. You don't even realize it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going where the album. How about you, sir? Okay, I, I vacillate a little bit. You know, I give some thought to trying to do the EP thing, but I'm going to go where the album as well and i i think what i ultimately love about this as a complete unit is the contrast like i'm looking at brit pop in 1995 you got what's the story morning glory of course you got pulp's different class which is of course a fantastic album you know with like one all universe song and then a lot of other great songs around it uh it, the blurs the great escape like verb the verbs like getting going but like all of those are so are really inflated records, you know, really, really long mm-hmm. songs, really florid, really grandiose. And I think that this record as a whole was a really necessary counterbalance to that. And just, you know, just mean and fast and attitudinal and just more concerned with propulsion than melody, you know, and more concerned, you know, with style than originality necessarily. But I think you need a record like this, you know, as a necessary component of a scene of a phenomenon like Britpop was, you know, by this time. I think you need a band like this. I think you need a record like this. And it's, it's, there's filler for sure, but it's still, it has the aura of an all killer, no filler situation. You know, it's, the, mm-hmm. it, it's even, even the weaker tracks, you know, are just sort of disguised by the overall, you know, ferocity of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. Even at my EP, there's nothing like other than any yeah. song, let's set that one aside. There's no songs on here where you get to them. You're like, Oh, this is terrible. I got to skip it. It's sort of, right. You did get sucked in by the energy, regardless of like, as I analyze it, if the hooks there or not, you can get through it pretty quick because you're sold on the energy and it's done in two minutes. Yeah. Right. And it's like, like I mentioned, you know, Guided by Voices and Bob Pollard. It's the same thing with Bob Pollard albums. I mean, like there's 22 <laughs> songs, maybe 10 of them are stellar. There's going to be some right. garbage, you know, for every gold star for Robot Boy, you've got... <laughs> Some just <laughs> terrible album tracks. Kicker of elves or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's, 
<laughs> Before we let you go, I got to ask some inside baseball questions about podcasting. Oh, please. So, sure. What is your what is your prep like for an episode? Mm. Well, ideally, I mean, almost invariably the full discography of the band that I'm talking about. You know, the exception to that is if I know them so well, you know, like Nine Inch Nails. I think Nine Inch Nails, I think the closer episode was like, I didn't have to listen to closer. I didn't have to listen to the downward spiral again mm-hmm. because I listened to that a billion times when I was 16. And I know every individual noise on that record, like every second you know, I just know that record on such a molecular level that I don't need to do that. But ordinarily, it's like, you know, the full discography of the band and ideally like a sense of the universe around it. And so I Elastica has only come up in the Oasis episode that I can tell so far, because, you know, I listen to the Oasis, but, no, you know, the Oasis catalog or at least like heading up to the helicopter era you know you can get through that fairly quickly and so i wanted to do blur as well i wanted to do suede as well but like i even in that context elastic of that record was such a balm to me you know just because it's over before it starts you know whereas you know an oasis album feels like it takes four hours even if the songs are wonderful (laughs) you know it's just it's just it slows down time even though they were on cocaine apparently the whole time like it just it takes so long for them to get where they're going you know and i really appreciated you know the contrast of elastica and just like the thing i love most about justine is just the quotes right like i i quoted her saying I can't think of anything better than 16-year-old boys wanking and looking at a poster of me. But don't quote me on that because I'll kick your head in. That's what she said to the NME, you know? (laughs) And so, like, what I want ideally is is a lot of shit like that, right? I want to read a lot of interviews, you know, Q&As, you know, just, just features, whatever. But just get a sense of who they were and, like, how they were being written about, at the time, you know, which can be very different from now, you know, Fiona Apple's press in 1997 is very different from Fiona Apple's press now, etc. So yeah, it's an it's a it's the discography of the artist in question, but then the universe around them. And then as much context of what people were writing at the time as I can get. Interesting. How in terms of your recording, is it all one chunk? Or do you record in parts? It's all one shot, you know, I, it's, okay. it's written, you know, these, the monologues are written down to the word. Right. And, and so I, it's, I end up with like an 8,500 word script, you know, I know what the clips are and I sort of pull the individual song clips and I pull them off of YouTube and I have them in the text. And then I just, you know, I just jump on a zoom, my producers in LA you know, and I just record it. And when I screw up a line, I just do it again, you know, but I it, I record it in one shot. You know, it, it takes a, a little over an hour usually, but I can't really do it in parts like that. You know, it's just, I, and I always thought I would get to the point where I'd start like freestyling and like riffing or whatever. And that has absolutely never happened and is never going to happen. Like I have, it has to be scripted down to the word for it to work. Well, you did completely fine not scripted with us tonight we've we've been unscripted for 13 years so what is the status of the death for five gentlemen is when are you reuniting well we're when waiting the, for that when big are you offer. playing bonnaroo we, yeah we're, we're waiting for the all big, tomorrow's parties offer we need a big fluff piece from from a writer 
oh. in a major magazine. Uh, okay, all right. To create any interest. Um, mm. I don't think we would. I mean, Jay's in Texas. Our drummer also lives in Texas. Okay. The thought of I, it's being not... a band just at this point sounds exhausting. Well, <laughs> I respect that. I respect your honesty. I actually it does am sound in, exhausting. You're I am in a band with a the, lot the lead of singer of, of, of Stepford Five. We we do covers now. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, what? We've covers? only played one What's... show at the Dolphin Lounge out in Gahanna. Okay. It's a shit. Would you hope? <laughs> it's a shit, shitty bar. <laughs> I don't think they're going to hear this. The Dolphin Lounge. I yeah. don't think I'm familiar with the Dolphin. So Lounge. imagine like a bar. I'm thinking in the early you know, 2000s in Columbus, sort of like it would okay. be off high street. Like it wouldn't be one of the premier bars. Oh, like, like, right. Okay. It would be one of those like shitty fourth Avenue bars or whatever where you'd go and you're mm. like, well, we're starting out. We have to do this. This is our, this is, <laughs> that's, our, that's right. We can't get little brothers yet. We don't have that kind of crowd. So we're going to open for three, yeah. you know, other bands. <laughs> Or or we'll play oh, the one a.m. Four slot. band bill, right? Ooh, that's the, even. What did you open with? What do you cover? What's your repertoire? So it's funny because you know I was reading your book, and uh, one of the things we cover is "Hey Jealousy" by yes. the Jim Blossoms, which I looked every yes. '90s cover band does that song. It of is course, that's because it's so easy to play. Court it's also, order. It does sound pretty easy. It's also fun to play. Because it's, it's just yes. down strumming and I play bass, so it's just like really easy That's notes and stuff. Yeah. And you know, I okay. get to do the do-do-do-do. You know, you get to do dumb shit like that. <laughs> That's a, it's a crucial part of the song. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of dads, you know, and and <laughs> middle-aged men playing that and Tom Petty and Ooh, yes. and uh you know, it's all 90s stuff. So any elastica. <laughs> No, no, not at Elastica yet. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to sneak that onto the onto the uh, suggested list. Tough to next time tough to pull off. Okay, other qu- so do you put the music in, or does your producer put the music in? I find like I go on YouTube and I get like the exact point right. Like you click on this link and it's going to be the ten second clip that I want, but the producer puts it in. Okay, yeah. So what's so that, that clicking you know, noise? It's a tape. It's I it, that's originated with the show. I had no idea they were going to do it. I like that they do it, you know, but like that was just it was decided that that would be, you know, the announcing that the show is starting noise, you know, and obviously a CD would arguably be more appropriate, you know, from a hardware perspective in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But a CD does not have a satisfying, you know, there's not a universally accepted CD noise. You know, no. like a little squiggle or whatever. Like, I think the tape deck works better, even if it is a little antiquated for the age. But they just threw that in there, and I, I dig it. I've, I've come to love it. I like it. It gives I me did, like Dale I Cooper in Twin Peaks vibes. Like you're, like, you you're go, talking yes. into the microphone, and that's and then I talk to myself at incredible talk to myself at for an incredible length. Yeah, it, that that works out. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm you know i just i'm fascinated about how other people do their podcasts because we've been doing this so long yeah. we've talked to other podcasters over the years and it's yeah. it's such a weird thing like 
to do it by yourself or, or me and Jay just sitting here talking at each other for a half hour, yeah. 45 minutes each week about records well, from 25 years ago. And it's like it's very, it's very a, a DIY platform. So everybody sort of has their own right. way. They've, yeah. There's no like school that anybody went to it. There probably is now, but everybody's been doing it for a long time. Like, <laughs> there was nobody to teach you. You just figured out some format that worked for you. And it's when did you start? Six hundred shows. I we mean, started that's in at least five years. January of 2011. And 2011. we have we have not Damn. missed a week. You have not missed a week in 12 years. Yep. That is very impressive. And that comes from our Stepford Five work ethic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can tell. Because Your sonic elements. We did not miss a practice over 10. <laughs> every Thursday, we showed up for practice. Every Thursday. And Thursday then when, one week, we didn't show up. And that's when the band ended. Because we just we <laughs> forgot it. to show up. It's like, well, we didn't show up this week. I guess it's over. You think I'm joking, but literally we we just didn't <laughs> no, show you're up not practice. Joking. That's <laughs> why it's funny. It's funny because you're not joking. I hear yeah. there's some That's dramatic I mean. story about somebody fighting with somebody. It was like, yeah, we just didn't yeah. show up to practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was no there was no drama. It's just like, oh, we can't practice this week. We're done. Somebody <laughs> somebody like, had something going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, also because we were all exhausted by each other and couldn't stand it anymore. Sure. Maybe maybe I won't pay rent for that stinky practice facility this month. Yeah. We could... <laughs> and playing gigs at Larry's for 12, 12 people. Um <laughs> Larry's. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So it has been a blast talking not only about our remembrances of Columbus, but um talking about this yeah. record with you. I wish you the best with the book. I know how tough it is to write a book so i i certainly <laughs> wish you the best with it and um recommended everybody go out who's listening to this this is the day the book comes out this episode is coming out on the day the book comes out go to your local bookseller Thanks. if you if you can instead of an amazon go if you to go to a local loft. bookseller go to the book loft yeah. here in, in columbus or prologue mm-hmm. or one of the other bookstores um if you're in uh you know whatever town you're in i'm sure you've got a bookstore that's going to have it. Um, and then of course, check out the podcast, 60 songs that explain the nineties. Um, where can we find you on the uh, social medias? Have you departed the flaming garbage known as Twitter yet? Or are you still <laughs> roaming around there? When you, when you phrase it like that, it makes me very sad <laughs> to say that I'm still there. It's okay. I am quite, that around. was quite a setup, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it was like, are you a loser or what? No, I like, you're yes, like valiantly holding the flag still. Like I That's right. That's that's what I'm doing. Against the horde of of trolls and 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 uh I won't go into yeah. it. We're, we try to keep politics out of the out of this podcast. Yeah. I am still there for the time being at plain old Harvilla H-A-R-V-I-L-L-A. I am a nebulous presence on old Instagram. That is Rob Harvilla, R-O-B-H-A-R-V-I-L-L-A. I should probably, I don't really understand what I'm doing there. My wife is threatening to get on TikTok now on my behalf for the book. That's a very frightening uh, proposal that I am. I want to see how this plays out though. You know, like I, so it's, it's possible that by the time 
uh, this makes it to the air, I will be viral on TikTok, which is, you know, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's what's going to happen. And I'm going to say I'm on TikTok <laughs> now and I'm very big there and I'm very excited about it. You know, that's the future, you know, and I'm a part of it. I am the future apparently. So that's very exciting for me. I'm still on Twitter, man. I know, I know I should, I know I should not be. You, you, you got to sign up for blue sky. <laughs> I did all that. I'm not doing another thing. I, somebody mentioned me on Mastodon and I got an email about it. And I, I was like, whoa, like I'm, I'm on Mastodon. I'm on, I, I think it's blue sky. It's like, I can't, I don't like writing bios, man. That's the thing. Like that's, <laughs> I get tripped up every time. It's like, Just copy I don't paste. know what this is. Yeah, I should. I feel the need to make a bespoke bio for each new social media network that I join. And that's really tripping me up because I'm just out of material and I just don't understand any of this shit. I didn't do threads yet. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's all just baffling to me. So it's just, it's all TikTok for me. Going I feel forward. like we're coming back around on all the social media stuff. Like it's, it's gotten so bad with suggested follows and, and advertising mm. and neo-Nazis. It's like, we just kind of need to go back to discord channels where you just are private yeah like a BBS board or a, or a, mm -hmm. a friendster account or something like we just, we got to get out on of the local boards in Columbus. Oh, were, were on, we like, fringe Columbusmusic.com. Columbusmusic.com. I'll tell you a funny story about that. Please. We didn't post under our own names. We posted under the <laughs> names of eighties hair metal band members. So like one of us was Bobby Blotzer of, of rat um one wow. of us and like stirred shit up like we were trolling before they were trolls <laughs> and nobody why, knew it was us why is, why is this guy in rat yelling at me <laughs> on the internet that is hilarious leave the green sky gray guys alone and and <laughs> what do you have against red wanting blue anyway <laughs> a lot to be honest yeah yeah i bet you too <laughs> they were our them and what was the other band that was our nemesis there was another one that like they would be playing the newport and there'd be 1400 people there and we'd be at the northburg playing to 30 people and be like fuck those guys they're stealing our audience That's, <laughs> they're yeah. stealing our audience. <laughs> uh what was the other it wasn't uh oh shit i don't remember what the other one was oh it was the um oar oar the, the poker the crazy game of poker mm -hmm. assholes yeah and That's they play like madison square garden now they really did now like, i yeah I, they're at it still oh my god what they're like huge thing? they're like in the the whole jam band circuit and you know those people yeah right once mm -hmm. they smoke weed to a band they are forever in That's love it. with that band you're, you're like a vampire's familiar yeah okay <laughs> exactly that makes a lot of sense uh, uh thank you sir they put this out an album fun. last year this was a lot i'm sorry i keep getting excited. no it's it's completely this fine i like guys. that you looked up oar <laughs> as if as if i did that was something if they show up in any way if you can squeeze them in in any way to a future episode mm. That would be amazing. I don't know is how you would do it. The poker song's not. It's got to be. It is. It's 97. I never got into them. My brother went to a show and like passed out because it was so crowded. 
I don't think he was on, well, I don't think he was smoking weed at the time, but like he, yeah, it's my brother was really into OAR, but I never really, I never really did it. Of a revolution. Of a revolution. <laughs> it's profound when you think about it. It's, <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, it was oh. no, it was not the soul fool villains or the, uh, or Reaganomics or one of those. <laughs> the Reaganom- <laughs> Reaganomics are still at it, man. They are. I'm, I'm sure you can find, you know, an art walk happening this weekend with Reaganomics. Them and Shuck and Bubba Deluxe are probably Shuck doing. Oh my Deluxe. God. Probably still doing Damn, you're short north. Me. I know. I'm the sorry. Hoodoo I have, I have band. this insane memory of, of all these band names. Camarawana. Ice cream Phoenix. Abracadabra. Yeah, they were wow. around for a little while. Ice remember Ice Cream Phoenix. Uh Ice Cream Phoenix. Oh, Abracadabra yeah, is my favorite. Abra- Go Evil Shiki. That was Tom Butler from mm-hmm. uh from uh That's right. CD10, whatever. Which there's what's the called number now? I don't even remember. I always forget. Something. It's changed so many times. Yeah. You got a three-year-old. I got to imagine you're exhausted. <laughs> you should not be up this late. Oh, no, I love it. This is this is dad's alone time. You know oh, is what that I'm what saying? It... This is when. That's right. This is when I have exactly one gin and tonic, you know, and just talk about the gin blossoms for an hour. This is this is where I decompress. Um, Since this comes out in the future, can you share with us what your next uh, episode will be that hasn't gone out yet well let's see it's coming out on tuesday so the yeah. one the next one will still be in the future when this episode comes out right? oh okay yeah well you just whisper I, it's, and we won't. it's puff daddy uh yes <laughs> you heard it here I'm folks like, that's right i'm looking at your patreon and i would like to ask this one final question which is i i what did you think of super drag's head trip in every key because I love that record, and I'll be really bummed if you made that one. If you made, it's, it's it's a masterpiece, dude. Masterpiece. We've had John Davis on multiple times and talked to him. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's rad. That's he's, rad. He's a very nice guy. Um, when yeah. he started doing that new band, The Leaves of Memory, mm-hmm. um, we we had him on to talk because it was like he just disappeared for a while, and we didn't did. know what was going on. And then all of a sudden, he showed up with this new band. And we were young and dumb. We were like, I bet we could email him. And he, he, <laughs> I would just email people and be like, Hey, do you want to yeah. talk about, cause you know, like some of these people are just like regular people. Now they're not musicians. You no, know, this right, guy's now course. a graphic designer or this guy's doing this now. They're pastors. So, yeah, yeah. Or they're pastors or cheese makers. So we reached out and he was like, yeah, man, I'll come on. And then we had, like, we had talked about the first album long before we had him on the show and then he came on to talk about the first Lisa memory album and then he came on again to talk to us about the second one and uh we yeah. actually when we did the head trip i emailed him and i said hey do you want to come on he's like i can't come on that night I'm, i got stuff going on um, so but i he's got work you know he's always working on new stuff now so unfortunately yeah. there's no new super drag i saw to... him at bernie's you saw him at bernie's I saw wow. that Bernie's. We were di- we were discussing in that episode where they might have played in Columbus because we never got to see them. But Bernie's right. is it interesting. Was, this is it would have been 2001. It would have been I I forget the name of the record, but I really like the record um, in the Valley of Dying Stars. On, that's it. That's yep. it. It's yep. the, yeah, the, and it, 
I was right up front. He brought like 15 guitars. It, that may be an exaggeration, but he brought an unnecessary amount of guitars to play Bernie's, right? And like there's a bunch of dudes in the front row just staring at the guitar, including me. It's like, wow, this dude is serious. <laughs> like that was a great show. That was really cool. That would have been. All, we were thinking maybe all. Little Brothers, but Bernie's is small for I. I you know, I guess yeah. they weren't at their height then. So that's right. Yeah, this is this is a little bit past the sucked out halo, unfortunately. Yeah, that's like when we, cool. The people who were there were really into it. So that's one of those stories where you're like, Nirvana played where? <laughs> yeah, they played at stashes. <laughs> well, it would be I, that if Nirvana played stashes like four years after. <laughs> Never mind. Well, he they was dead popular, four years yeah. after Nevermind, yeah, so I don't I think that was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if Soundgarden played Little Brothers after Down on the Upside is what, you're right? Oh, yeah, there you yeah, go. there we go. Wow, <laughs> that's an image. But yeah, big big super fan or super drag fans here. Yes. Yeah. All right, Red. I'm glad to hear that. That's very comforting for we, me to hear. We geek out on everything, John Davis. Yeah, right, awesome. except for those. So, there's. He does like a punk band called Epic Ditch. I haven't really gotten into that. Epic Ditch. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten to the side project stage yet. I got to do the full <laughs> extended universe. Maybe I'll, I won't start with Epic Ditch then, if that's what you're saying. So no, that's, not that's like his skate snuff. punk band. Oh, like, well, they, I think they only did like a we single all got or two. One. Yeah. Um, do you have a website we can direct people to or should they just go to the ringer? Holy crap, I do. I do. My wife made me a website. Is it live? Is this where you I drop the Squarespace uh, mention? Because that's usually what happens <laughs> in podcasts. It's either Squarespace <laughs> or uh... brought to you by Me Undies. Yeah, I. It's right. Um, my website is robharvilla.com. It exists. It looks really rad, actually. Nice. I have a website. I have. I did not have a website a week ago. But I have there one it now. Is. You got you're gonna get a, the traffic is gonna be rolling I, in. That's right. So yes. you know, be ready. I, I gave the Stepford five a huge bump so many so many years ago, and it is finally time We're for you to paint it back. Uh, that's right. One day I may come to you and ask a favor, and that day is today. So thank you. Sure thing. <laughs> uh Don Harvilla. Uh let's see. Um, we mentioned, or you mentioned the Patreon. If people can go there, DMO Union or Dig Me Out Union, that's where they uh, join the Patreon. We have a Substack. Do you have a Substack, Rob? I do I, not. I am remiss. Oh, you got to get a Substack. Front. They're so hot right yeah, now. Yeah, is that exciting? Yeah, you're, you're a writer. Right. That that might be your place, man. Yeah, I oh. think it might be. Not at all morally compromised, you know, which is a great feeling. So yeah, man, I I'm totally into the Substack thing. Yeah, uh, we we do actually we review new music uh, that comes out that's relevant to the podcast. Do you, how much new music do you get to fit into all of your prep for your show? Do you, do you listen it to music for fun anymore? Is music fun for anymore? Fun <laughs> for fun is it? I think that I do, and I worry constantly about hitting a wall one day where it's not fun. You know, like what I don't have to do anymore, and I love that I don't have to do this anymore, is hit play on the new Taylor Swift record at 12.01 a.m. when it drops. 
right? You know, and like have to write into the dead of night and come up with 800 coherent words about a record, you know, that's been out for six hours, you know, not having, that's not fun, you know, and that's not really even fair to whatever record I'm listening to. So Mm -hmm. I don't listen to as much new music as I would like to, you know, I live in the nineties to a very bizarre extent at this point, but I have enough of a foot in where I don't feel, you know, like I've lost touch entirely, but I would always like, I would, I always wish it could be more, you know, but it's enough. I mean, we hear you. We're we're reviewing a record a week, or a disc. You know, if we're doing a roundtable, it could be a discography a week or something like that. Yeah. So, plus I bonus mean, episodes and bonus episodes. We do eighties and aughts reviews mm. for the patrons. So we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the kind Which of. The you best don't experience. sound tired. Yeah. Oh, that's because yeah. I'm drinking a Coke at. at 10 30 at night <laughs> you're going to be up until 3 30 uh, well no because now that they legalized the weed here in in ohio i'm going to be dropping oh some. that's right look at us we're wow, like san francisco really now fast we're aborting everything and taking weed <laughs> how progressive <laughs> progressive we've gotten in the last 24 hours i know exactly is the dj shadow record good yeah is the dj shadow record good yeah i, okay. I liked it um at this now he he only used it was a really weird thing he found like 200 tapes um Mm. from a radio station in baltimore in washington dc of like radio shows and he just pulled all the like sounds off of those and made like it's a very retro sounding record yeah um that's the best thing i've it's since introducing it's probably the best record i've heard from him okay that's but you might, me. you know, I don't know how deep you go on the DJ Shadow catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. So I haven't, asked, you know, stayed up on every single thing that he's done. But from the major like album releases, I I would say it's yeah the one I've liked the best. There's also almost no vocals on it. There's oh, no like okay. guests. Right. And I'm kind of more in, into instrumental music now as an old man. Like I listen to like That's Brian right. Eno and, you know. Just stare at the wall and listen to ambient <laughs> music for airports. <laughs> That's right. Yes. It's, it's I, I prefer staring at the ceiling, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's you can stare at whichever. I just want to diet sprite and like sit to. quietly in a corner and contemplate my <laughs> my coming <laughs> expiration. That's that's so romantic. I never got <laughs> to play Comfest. That's yeah, it's very sad. Uh, and i've never gone back never gone back to Comfest. to hell with i think them. it's a very different vibe now the hell with them right yeah yeah i it's i've taken my kids a couple of times but i it's probably me that's changed but it didn't feel the way it's it the felt parking in i don't want to have to park the down p- there it is a very arduous 90 percent of my decision making is based on how yeah. easy it is to park somewhere that's, That's what totally I'm at valid. in middle age. Like if I can't park close <laughs> to where I need to go, I don't want to have to walk. It's, it's it's amazing how exponentially darker this gets the longer it goes on. Right? <laughs> just, we're just we're just you mean life downhill. or this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's all, oh, folks. Yes. Yeah. Bring us home, Tim. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. 
thank you to Rob for spending so yes. much time on a Wednesday cool. evening of with course, us. Of course, it's been a thrill. Honestly, it, it, it feels awesome. like we That's, were destined you, to do this. Yes. Yeah. You you scared the hell out of me, man. I thought you were gonna read a very negative review of your band from. Oh, I would never. I would not have done that. I was gonna have to dig a hole in my front yard. No lion in it. You know. So I am so relieved. I um. That you the know Stepford who wrote five the- were so good. You know who wrote the negative reviews over at the other paper? It wasn't you. I, as a matter of fact, I do. Do we have a line on him? Where, where is, where is John? Well, I tell you what, I have run into Ron House. I know you know that name. A bunch of times. And he's been really nice to me, which he wasn't back in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um. We oddly enough, I've run into him at half price books like three times. Oh, wow. I it's weird. Okay. But anyway, um, he's like, Yeah, that guy's off the deep end. Like he's a total dick. We're talking yeah, about that's, uh, Yeah, that is not shocking. Yeah. So I think like he's oh, kind no. of burnt every relationship and friendship in town with sure. a lot of the musician people and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um yeah. He's a uh, he's on the the MAGA train apparently too. So mm, yeah, that's what I was really afraid of. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was so. Yeah. What I'm saying is, okay. if we had invited John on, I wouldn't have brought that <laughs> review up okay. because I know it would have been bad. But uh, mm-hmm. I I just wanted to thank you because we never got of to course. thank anybody that reviewed our records. You know, it just wasn't like we called up. Joe Schmo in Akron when we were playing the the shit bowl in Akron and said, "Hey, thanks for writing that <laughs> show preview and oh, calling our no. record." You know, it was called the Rubber Bowl, Tim. <laughs> oh, it was a Rubber no Bowl. No offense to Akron. No. <laughs> uh, it was probably more like Youngstown was the was the shithole. Yeah, but they know that they're a shithole. It's Youngstown. That I is, mean, it's, it nobody's self aware. Nobody's moving to Youngstown on purpose. Let's put it that way. You, you're, you're, you are put there because you've done something yeah. wrong. Usually by That's because of right. a mob yeah. affiliation. Anyway, I was going to say that, but I was afraid to say that, and so I'm, I'm Italian. I can that say that. Instead. I would like, I would like to state for the record that I did not say that. I said yes, that Tim. I did think it. Okay, Tim, the Sicilian Italian, <laughs> made a, a mob okay. reference about Youngstown. I'm, I'm okay. Fine. I can take it. Can, Which, by the way, I read a book this summer. The Youngstown mob was started by the Buffalo mob. And one of my relatives oh. worked for the Buffalo mob. Okay. So I feel like, in a way, I'm responsible for Youngstown being the way Your it is. Your legacy. I think I did sense that about you when we started talking. <laughs> this was all your fault. I'm wrapping it up. For Jay, I'm Tim. <laughs> We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Tick Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.